The Bible tells us that Jesus and his disciples were gathered in a very special place. It was a secluded area. And the only way that you got into this meeting was is you had to be a follower of Jesus. In fact, you had to be a close follower of Jesus. It's almost like a family meeting, a family gathering. One of the things that has just happened is that Jesus has just dropped a bomb in the conversation. You see, he had just told everybody that amongst them there was a betrayer. Can you imagine what people thought? I wonder if it's him. I wonder if it's her. Or maybe, surely he's not talking about me, is he? What Jesus does next then is something very unusual. He gives all of them a lesson in humility. Remember what he did? He got on his knees, the Bible tells. He disrobed and he washed their feet. This wasn't something that a teacher or a rabbi did. This was something reserved for the servants. And remember when he was done, what he said to them? This is what he said. You've now seen what I've done. You will be blessed if you do likewise. Well, Peter didn't do very good with humility. And in fact, Peter and Jesus, Peter kind of argues with Jesus. And then do you remember what Jesus did? Jesus reminded him, he said, Peter, before the cock crows, you, Peter, will deny that you even know me three times. Well, he had everybody's attention, but what he said next crushed their spirits. You could see it on their faces. There was sadness, there was fear, there was shock. Jesus told them that his departure was coming, and it was coming faster than what they thought. In Jesus' own words, this is what he said. You trust in God, now trust in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so you can be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Her name was Betty. She was an elderly lady in our church that we served in Florida. She was one of those ladies that whenever you're around her, she always smiled at you. She was always encouraging. She was just one of those people in your congregation that you love to have. She was getting older, and she wasn't feeling very good. She went to the doctor, and the doctors ran some tests on her, and it wasn't too long before they came to her, and they said to her that she didn't have much time left to live and so they encouraged her to call the family members and the friends that she had, and they put her in a home where they could call in hospice, and that way the family and friends could be around her during her last few days before she went to be with Jesus in eternity. 
You notice I said before she went to be with Jesus, didn't you? You see, Betty was a believer, and we all knew where she was going to spend eternity. It wasn't long after Betty got there that she became non-responsive. She didn't open her eyes, and she didn't respond to anyone. I had opportunities on different occasions to go in to pray with her. I would go in, and I would hold her hand, and I would talk to her. I would share Scripture verses with her, and I began to tell her about what was going to happen. Then one day, I was sitting in my office. I got a phone call, and it said, Pastor Bob, we're not sure. We don't think Betty's going to make it through the day. Could, could you come? And so I got in my truck, and I drove to where she was. And when I walked into the room, I was a little surprised because there's nobody else in there. I found out that the family that was there had gone to, to get something to eat, and so I just had some special time with Betty, and I grabbed her hand, and I just talked to her, and I encouraged her, and I recited God's Word to her. Later during that day, all the family members were there. We were gathered around, and I saw something that absolutely amazed me. All of a sudden, while we were talking, Betty opened her eyes. And she just didn't open them a little. She opened them wide. She was very much alive. But then something happened. It was almost as if somebody was calling her name. She turned her head to look to the opposite wall. You guys, it was so convincing, I found myself looking to see who she was looking at. And then, in a moment, this huge smile came on her face, a smile bigger than I have ever seen Betty smile in all of her life. She turned back to us, she closed her eyes, and she died. Do you remember what Jesus said? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me so you can be where I am. Amen. Stand with me out of respect for God's Word. As I read from the book of John, I'm going to read John chapter 20, and I'm just going to read verses 3 through eight. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and he believed. This is God's Word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, today, Open my eyes that I might see and believe. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
Early on, when I began my ministry, I started out as a teacher. I taught fourth grade. One of the things that we were responsible to do as part of our job description was is we had to give the children's sermons in the worship services. Now, I always enjoyed that because you know what? You never know what kids are going to say. When Easter came around, we were always a little nervous. You know why? Because there were kids that were there that we did not know. I remember a pastor friend of mine was telling me about a time when he did a children's message, and it just happened to come on Easter. When he got into the beginning, when, or when he got to church that day, and when it was his turn, he went up to the front, and he was at the front of the sanctuary, and then he called all the kids to come forward. You know how that is. Now, I'd like for all the children in the, in the room, if you would please come forward for a children's message. And they came from everywhere. All the families that were there visiting that day had brought their children, and everybody went to the front. He shared with how he got everybody situated at the front of the sanctuary, and then he got them calmed down. And then he began his children's message, and he began by saying this, boys and girls, I have a question for you this morning. Do you know what the first words that Jesus said after he was resurrected from the dead? Well, you know what kids are going to do. Everybody raises their hand. Everybody has an answer. And the pastor was very wise because he chose carefully. He knew a little Johnny beside him didn't have a chance. (laughs) But in the back was a little blonde-haired girl. She was just adorable, and she was waving her hand in excitement, and he thought this was a safe bet. So he called on her. And after he called on her, he once again repeated the question. Do you know what Jesus said? The very first thing he said after he was resurrected, after he was raised from the dead. She thought for a moment. Then her eyes got as big as silver dollars. She jumped up, threw up her arms, and said, (laughs) Ta-da! You know, actually, that's not too far from the truth. Because whenever Jesus came and met somebody after he had been resurrected from the dead, he said, peace to them. I'll bet you didn't expect to see me, did you? You know, when Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, there was an angel that was there. You remember what that angel said to her? Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is risen just as he said. The tomb was a place of confusion in the beginning, wasn't it? Mary and the others went to the tomb, and the stone was rolled away, and the body was gone, and Mary ran back to tell the disciples, and John and Peter ran to the tomb, and they found out that everything that Mary had said was true. Isn't it interesting that in the world, seeing is believing, right? But if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, believing is seeing. My friends, you need to understand this. No one expected a resurrection. No one thought that Jesus was going to be raised from the dead. The Bible tells us that Peter and John went to the tomb. Remember? I love how John tells this story. 
He basically is saying is because I was younger and faster, I beat old man Peter to the tomb. But you remember, the Bible tells us that when John got to the tomb, he did not go in. In fact, the word in the Greek means he glanced in the tomb. You remember what he saw? Very important. He saw the strips of linen that the body of Jesus was wrapped in. A little bit later, the Bible says that Peter came, and Peter didn't stop for anybody, did he? He goes right into the tomb, and Peter tells us what he saw, but it was different than what John saw. Peter came in, and he saw the strips of linen like John did, but then he saw something else. Do you remember what it was? There was a grave cloth, a napkin that covered the face of the deceased, and the Bible tells us that it was folded neatly alongside of the linens. Now, what happened next is nothing short of a miracle. The Bible tells us then John, the apostle, got into the tomb. He saw the linen, and he saw the grave cloth, and do you remember what the Bible tells us next? He saw and he believed. He saw and he believed. My friends, all of the early eyewitnesses did not come to faith because there was a body that was missing from the tomb. They came to faith because they saw Jesus face to face. They talked with him. Some of them ate with them. They were in his presence. But John tells us, he testifies, that before he even saw Jesus, he believed. John tells us he saw the evidence. He saw the linen that the body of Jesus passed through. Just like John saw Jesus pass through the doors later that night, John testifies to us that even though he had not seen Jesus, based on the information and the evidence, he saw and he believed. My dear friends in Christ, you don't have to be, you don't have to understand the resurrection to be a Christian, but you cannot reject it. John saw, and by faith, he believed. Did you hear that? By faith, he believed. The world will tell you you've got to understand. The world will tell you you have to have knowledge. But I'm to hear you tell you this. God is not looking for what you know, and he does not believe. It's not about what you understand. It's about faith. And the Bible says, even if you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, that's power. Do you remember what the Bible tells us what faith is? Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we, what is it? Do not see. It's by faith that John believed. You know what happened to Peter? The Bible tells us in Luke that when Peter left the tomb, he left confused. If you want to know why, come back next week. That's what I'm preaching on next week, because we can all relate to Peter being confused in our lives. But John, the Bible tells us, believed. 
In Jewish history, tradition tells us that whenever a rabbi would come home to eat, his servants would have the meal prepared ahead of time, and the servants would have everything arranged perfectly. When the rabbi arrived and he would sit down, they would then, and only then, would they put the food on the table because the food had to be hot for the rabbi. At that point in time, after the food was on the table, the servant then would position himself out of sight from the rabbi, but in a place where he could see everything that was going on and tend to his master's needs. But never, ever did he ever interrupt the teacher's meal. When the teacher was done eating, traditions tell us that he would get up and he would take his napkin and he would wash off his hands, he would clean his beard, and then he would crumple up the napkin and he would toss it on the table. He would then get up and leave. My friends, that crumpled napkin meant he's finished, he's done. Tradition also tells us, though, that there was another symbol that the, that the servant looked for, and that was that if the master were to leave, if the rabbi were to leave during the meal, and he planned on coming back. You see, what he would do then is he would take his napkin, and he would fold it ever so neatly, and he would place it alongside of his plate. The folded napkin meant, I'm not finished. The folded napkin meant, I'm coming back. My dear friends in Christ, I believe that when Jesus was risen from the dead, he took the time to fold the napkin neatly. And in so doing, he was sending us a message. And the message is simply this, I am coming back. Before Betty passed, we had a conversation. We were talking about what we thought that end time would look like. I remember one of the things that she said to me, she said, Pastor Bob, I've always heard you say that when Jesus comes, he's going to extend his hand and I'm supposed to take his hand, and I'm supposed to walk with him into eternal glory then. But Pastor Bob, how will I know it's his hand? I said, Betty, look for the scars. It'll be the hand that has the scars from the nail prints. So Betty, when you see the hand with the nail prints, grab on with all you have and don't ever let go and walk with him into eternal glory. My dear friends in Christ, Jesus is coming back again, and when he comes back again, he's coming back at judge. But I want you to know that probably for the majority of us, when Jesus comes back again, it'll be the time that he calls us home. Don't be afraid. Look forward to that time Look forward to it with confidence and with joy in your heart. And when he comes and he extends his hand, my dear friends in Christ, just look for the scars.
Just look for the scars, the sign that will show you that He is the one who went to the cross in your stead and in mine, and He paid the price. And God said, the debt has been paid in full, and He raised Jesus from the dead. My dear friends in Christ, because Jesus lives, you and I live also. Heavenly Father, today I have seen, and today I believe, and it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.